0: Би-би-би-би-би-би-би-бив. А-а-а!
1: Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Hallex. And joining us in the studio today, we have Stephanie Osler of Devil May Wear. I'm so excited to have her here. Luca and I have just been getting to know her as we drove her up the mountain. She's always a courageous to me when a person I have never met before jumps in my car and is willing to come up to do my radio station
0: (laughs) with me. Yeah, it's supreme
1: trust. Yes. Thank you for trusting me today, Stephanie. <laughs> Thank you for the ride. It was a lot of fun. And I know about Stephanie, even though I hadn't met her today, because I'd <laughs> wandered into your shop on Granville Island a number of months ago with a friend who was just ex- here as a tourist Aww. and exploring. And I had such a great conversation with um, the lady that was working in your Aaron shop. Yeah. Yes. About what you create. And she gave me your card. And I was like, I am going to pull this woman onto my show. And of course, it took me a while to get my act together and reach out, but you were eminently ready and Absolutely. willing to come and on the receptive. show. Yeah, totally yeah. receptive. It's awesome, and um, even in just the last hour, Luca and I have been deciding that yes, she's 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 our people. Tri-
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're our tribe. What, what was it? Not subversive. What was the? You're looking oh, for people. deviant. Deviant. Yes, we're yeah. looking for deviant <laughs> bees, <laughs> people
0: who work outside the box of yep. what's normal and usual. Yeah, in our destroy the box.
1: Yeah. So first we let's talk you about whatever you've created for yourself. I want to start digging into this so the guests can know okay. why it is. I'm finding you so fascinating. Uh, sorry the people who are listening, you're the guest. Um, mm-hmm. I so I've heard you say now that you started your business when you were very young.
2: I did. So tell us, how did that
1: come about?
2: Well, I started my business when I was about 12 because I played guitar and I wanted to buy expensive instruments that my parents weren't going to pay for and I was too young to get a job. So I convinced my dad to give me a loan of $200 for a button press and I made band buttons. And uh, And from there we started doing, uh, I got a silk screen and did silkscreen patches and then t-shirts and then I graduated high school and started wholesaling my products to stores. And now we have two beautiful stores and wholesale and tons of staff and yeah, it's been a long time. But my plan was to be a world famous musician or to busk and live in my van and uh, yeah clothing designer was sort of the backup career and <laughs> career prep class but it's like the thing I was doing the whole time yeah running I love that lemonade stands and making clothing for my dolls yeah.
1: that entrepreneurial spirit yeah the stuff so, you're always doing yeah button making button press and then the silk screening and the, just which is just a creation this is the there's a thing that somebody will want
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to make that thing
2: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I can do this. Absolutely, yeah. and I like to talk to young people about it too because most of the entrepreneurs I meet are people who have been doing it since they were children because it's so hard to do something new that you've never attempted before. And when you're young, you kind of don't really understand the limitations. Like, I didn't understand how difficult dealing with payroll taxes and leases and, you know, agreements and, I mean, even just dealing with... Um, with making targets was going to be you just do it because th- there's there's nothing stopping you. Sometimes so.
0: naivete is a good thing.
2: Ah, oh, it's such a good thing. It's a great thing. Because you don't
0: know what you don't know, so you can't be afraid of it. Absolutely. And we can, we can cope with just about anything that comes along.
2: Absolutely. If we deal
0: with it as it shows up.
2: Yep, absolutely. And our skill
0: level grows. Yep, uh, absolutely. Because the, the more things we have to learn the more we learn we can learn well, and we and learn how to reach out to other people to teach us things that we don't know. And
2: Yeah, when you're young you don't really have a choice but to learn. That's sort of everything's new to you so learning is, is ingrained but as you get older your ego sort of traps you in the safe bubble of, of this is what I am and this is what I do and getting outside of that uh, it is honestly terrifying even though most people wouldn't associate it with fear, they'd associate it with well I can't afford to do that or I, I want to do something else with my free Time and really, it's just a limitation. I've been working, I want to write a book on uh, becoming an entrepreneur for young people because I really want to foster the entrepreneurialism in young people. And even for me to write a book, I just, well, I'm still collecting notes and I'd rather watch TV in the evening and I want to knit right now. And oh, maybe if I find another way to um, uh, put this into computer because I'll write notes down, but then I don't want to translate them. So I'm looking at different products to, you know, vocal to text or, or whatever. And it's just all these silly little limiting factors that aren't real. If you had to pick,
1: if you had to distill what your message would be to young entrepreneurs... What do you think you would say?
2: Nobody's ever asked me that Uh before. That's a tricky question. But I would just say um, do something. I think that's always kind of been my message to a lot of my friends. And I think when I was younger, it came from a place of having no self-worth and a lot of anxiety. I just had to do things in order to get my self-worth. But I think it's really important to keep the momentum going. And... um, talking to my friends uh, who are in my age group and we we all still don't really know what we want to do and there's this impression that young people get that you're supposed to pick a career, know who you are, know everything about yourself and put it into motion, you know, spend 50000 a $100,000 on a student loan and mm. you're going to want to do this for the rest of your life when you, it's insane.
1: It's ridiculous. But
2: if you keep momentum going, if you just go out and do something, then you discover things along the way and although I was doing it to become a musician which would have been a horrible career for me. (laughs) I would have been a massive alcoholic. I can't stand it. But um, <laughs> but I learned entrepreneurialism. I learned uh, how to have staff. I, I I was I was an avid sewer, and I made most of my clothing because I was subversive and wanted to wear punky clothing, and <laughs> you couldn't buy that. Um, but it it turned it culminated into a, a clothing designer with a keen interest in business, which is is psychology and sociology. It's mm-hmm. not it's not just about money and making gains. It's yeah. about people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you you make your creation. so you started from a place of what you wanted to see in the world that you weren't finding Mm -hmm. or what you were witnessing as being wanted and this was something you could do and you're still doing that in your creations today I noticed some of the information that you sent me beforehand you were saying that you had you make underwear is one of the things you do yeah and they're they're beautiful fascinating yeah beautiful underwear um and you said you put pockets in them. Tell yeah. us more about that.
2: Well, I, I, I'm i kind of struggling with this problem where I'm a little bit of an inventor. I just sort of recently figured out that I'm an inventor. It's funny that I've, it's just like owning a store. I've always owned a yeah, store. Yeah, you've always
1: been inventing. I didn't, I
2: just didn't know, nobody, I didn't know that. And, um, and so I'm always inventing these little solutions to fashion dilemmas. But I'm running into this, we're trying to be in a very serious city, a very serious clothing line because people want clothing they can wear to work and look professional. And to, to be honest, most of us have sort of this this um, uh, dilemma. We don't really know who we are still, no matter what age we are. And so you just sort of want something that's going to be acceptable. So I come up with things that are a little bit sillier. So I'm, I'm I, we wanted to put pockets on underwear because women's clothing does not have pockets. And it's a bit of we could say sexism in the industry especially when you look at the reasons for that and so we decided that we're going to put pockets on everything that didn't compromise the garment and unfortunately because we like lightweight flowy gauzy stretchy fabric pockets compromises a lot of garments so we we you don't come into the store expecting pockets on literally everything but I found this great fabric and and I did a style with pockets on a mid-rise uh, it's bamboo and cotton it's gorgeous and as I'm sewing them I'm like oh my god oh my god this is silly what am I doing this is silly and I almost threw them out I just we're trying to be a serious company and then I put them out there I just said just get them done and see what happens and the response has been phenomenal. I've had people going, oh, my God, I can put my Fitbit in it when I run. Oh, my God, I can put my credit cards in it when I go out at night. I can my put key. my passport when I travel, my key, my, cre- uh, my, my ID, pass. my bus pass. I, I had a woman come in. I wasn't working in the store, but one of my staff was. And the message I got was she has diabetes, and she hasn't been able to wear skirts ever since receiving the uh, diagnosis and this underwear has changed her life and I don't know what she's putting in the pockets I can only guess <laughs> yeah. there's apparatus yeah. and things involved um, and and that just that's oh my god I was I was so happy that's so, so wonderful sometimes you just have to do things and put them out there you may not know why you're doing it but the answer will come and
0: so yeah And putting that's listening to your customers as well right because yeah they come in Uh, Like, I can never figure out what's going on in the fashion industry because there are certain shapes that aren't in style. Absolutely, yeah. So, I'm a pear shape. Yes, me too. Well, to get clothes that fit, and it doesn't matter if you're, what weight you are. Yes. If you're a pear shape, you're a pear shape. Yeah. We don't design clothes, have not for a long time. Just last year, we started to get um, A-shaped dresses back in, right? But the... But that idea of w- what w- what are the specific needs of somebody mm-hmm. who is that shape. Well, and, I, and people come in and complain about what they can't find. If you listen yes. to them and start responding to it, then you get things like the pocket in the underwear. Well,
2: absolutely. And I hate to say it, but all of the reasons that there isn't clothing to fill niches make sense from a financial point of view. And yeah. the problem is that... Fashion doesn't have a lot of a markup, and people think that clothing's expensive, and it's not. Companies are not making a lot of money. H&M's making money on volume, but per piece, they're not making a markup, and they usually don't pay their sewers these days
0: is what Mm. I hear. No, and they don't take care of them either. It's legitimate,
2: modernized slave labor, and... um, Mm -hmm. And the fact is they can only make clothing that's going to sell to the largest segment of the population and it's going to be young women. Um, I would like to say with a specific body type, but to be honest, it's more like young women who don't know what right what, what a good fit is. And I get in arguments with people about fits all the time. People don't know how clothing's supposed to fit and they just wear whatever they can get their, their body into. Um, so you need to support independent businesses because we have business models where we're not all about profit we need to we need to keep the doors open and that's tricky but we're we're not becoming one of the the top billionaires in the world we we can take risks we can put
0: pockets in underwear and see if they sell and see what happens and you're keeping your supply close to your market yeah and doing all of those kinds of things that don't come when you're manufacturing something on the other side of the world and then shipping it yes
2: and we can, yeah. we can uh, manufacture smaller quantities so we can see what works and what doesn't work because um, sometimes we make the most brilliant garments, but they're just a little edgy for our regular customers. So um, I- I'm torn between do I not make these at all because we're going to be left with some sitting on the rack when you want them to be there for the customers that mm. they serve. Mm-hmm. And and if you're going to serve body types that um, are not being catered to in the market, you're going to have to make some stuff that sits on the rack for a while that right. nobody else gets. And, and clothing But is, people
0: will come from far and wide well, if you they hope. know that you have something. Well, we yeah. get got the online world yeah. now, too, right? Which well, is a whole other thing and that has
2: challenges, too. Tricky, because people don't really know where to measure themselves. I'm having a little mm-hmm. bit of a... Like, we do really well with our clients that are online, and we're very specific with our communications with mm-hmm. them. <laughs> um, and I, I'm having a little bit of a problem that... We're, we're going to have to stop doing things that are made in strictly woven non-stretchy materials which is my preference because that's a classic tailored look is a beautiful rainy or linen non-stretchy mm-hmm. woven garment made perfectly to fit you but I can ask you what your hip measurement is, but where is your hip measurement on your body versus your waist measurement? How how are your thighs? Are are do you have a wide set hip or do you have thick thighs? And these are measurements people don't even know how to take on their own bodies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they're supposed to communicate that with us online as a company. It's very difficult. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, if I remember right, you have up in your shop some yeah. old uh, measurement guides, don't you?
0: Well, they were great. So. Um, because tailors and and seamstresses used to have to use this because they did it they'd have the client come in and they yeah. would measure them right yeah
2: well and and it's the everything should if you're going to buy off the rack ideally you should still be getting it altered mm-hmm. because Off the Rack is made not just for a body type, it's made for one fit model. Mm-hmm. Every company has one single person <laughs> who's their fit model. We have mm-hmm. her named Sarah and she's gorgeous. <laughs> and and she's a pear shape. And um, But but then we're grading out from that one pear shape. So the chances that you come in and are a perfect Sarah size 10 <laughs> are infinitesimally a small. A billion to one. And you should be getting your clothing tailored. You should be buying pants and having them taken up or taken in or whatever you need, your dresses. That should just be normal with every garment. But when people are spending $20 on a dress at the mall, they can't face the thought of investing 25 into altering it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it shouldn't matter what the garment costs. What matters is that you get the garment you want ultimately. the and garment that fits
0: you. That fits you and the garment that you're going to wear for a long time. So this brings in this whole idea of disposable anything, disposable oh, fashion. Disp- like we, I think I believe that we only need more, 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 more all the time when what we have is not really satisfying us. Absolutely. If you have something that is brilliant and you love it and you Absolutely. feel really great when you wear it and yeah. it fits you and it flatters you. You don't need to go out and buy 10 more of them. You got it. Right? and So then we can spend more on one item because we're really getting our wear out of it, and it's lasting a long time. So I, I went on this mission when I first got into retail
2: to tell everybody how horrible the industry is and sit down i had binders full of information on cadmium and lead and antimony and everything in your in your wardrobe and i would stress people out and i could watch them walk out our door not buying anything going oh my god i can't i can't i don't know what to do and, and now i can't move i can't make a decision anymore because it feels like there's
0: minefields all over the and place and then i'd
2: watch them walk into a store across the street and walk out of there with bags so i realized i had a problem that i was actually incentivizing them to go because now they're stressed mm-hmm. and what do you do when you're stressed you eat you shop you go buy something, right? So I was actually having the opposite effect. So then I, I realized that um, we're going to convince people to shop sustainably and shop better because it's more fun. So then my message was we're just going to be more fun. We're not going to force it down anybody's throats, but you're going to wear bamboo because it's more comfortable, because it's uh, more flattering, uh, because it lasts longer and feels good. You're going to buy it because the colors holds longer. You're going to buy linen because it's luxury. Because you when, when you wear a linen outfit out, it wrinkles, shirt wrinkles. But that's how they know it's linen and it's expensive. Okay. So that's where I went with that message, that we're going to do it because it's more fun. But now I've had another revelation on this. That's my next um, uh area to tackle is that we have a massive identity crisis going on and and it's what um media played on and it's it, an advertisement has played to it and it's encouraged it and the truth is we don't know who we are and we don't know what we want and anybody who thinks that i'm wrong about that just has to ask when the last time they had an argument with where they want to go for dinner like how many people know what they want to eat for dinner i you couldn't yeah, ask I me right now completely. i couldn't tell yep. you. And, and they, we don't know who we are and we don't know what we want, and we're chasing these ideas between stress and anxiety and working too much and feeling broke and we just want to feel better. That's all we want to do. and it's not helping. Mm-hmm. So if I can help people figure out who they are and what they want, then they'll stop buying garbage. Mm-hmm. So that's I agree message. with you. I mean,
0: I think that we, it's the part of the not enough itis, right? Yes. we don't and but, we're yes, not the, enough. yeah, and the message that comes uh, that gets us to buy more is you're not okay the way you are. You yeah. need this to fix you. Then you'll feel better.
2: Yeah. And
0: we're beginning to realize that that doesn't work. No. It doesn't make us feel better. No. Um, it affects our bank balance, um, but yeah. it doesn't doesn't improve our lives. And A new purse isn't going to make us feel better. No. So now we're beginning to look for people who have the message like yours. Oh, I because hope it, so. Because it fits better. Because yeah. we're, we're taking the risk by stepping out of the box. Right? And so, probably the first people who will show up on your doorstep will be the people who know they're looking for that message and walk in and say, oh, thank God you're speaking sense.
2: Oh, we often preach to the choir. It's almost the hard thing about being in my role because people who don't identify with our message will come in and just walk away. They'll just disappear. And so I don't really get to access them. Um, And it's a little bit of a tangent, but one of the ways that I am getting to those people is they're showing up with allergies. Mm -hmm. So the people that are transitioning Mm. into the all-natural clothing are not necessarily the hippies who are already wearing it. But what I'm seeing with my customers is people are coming in and they're having allergies to to uh, dyes and synthetics Synthetic. and all sorts of stuff. And they're coming in going, oh my god, I can't wear this anymore. I don't know what to do. I can't wear anything. And we're introducing them to our clothing, which we do our best to be as good as we can, but our mandate is to make a product that lasts long and fits you well. So we do still have some spandex in a lot of our clothing because it makes the fabric last longer. Um, and they're still wearing it, which is a really good sign. But uh, it's going to be the people who didn't think that any of this mattered, who didn't think that food mm-hmm. mattered. They're going to hit mm-hmm. toxicity levels, yeah. and they're going to have to convert. I've seen it in a number. And of And once they
0: convert, they will talk to everybody. They will talk to. Yeah, they talk so to they everybody. They will be
2: walking advertising. <laughs> my right? favorite because are, it's
0: spreading the good news that yeah. oh, you can feel yeah, good. Yeah, they're the, the new the,
2: fundamentalists. So it's yes. my friends who um who have have had this happen. I have I have a number of friends who have recently had this happen in their lives where they couldn't care less and and then they're preaching to me and I think it's hilarious that I'm like what do you think I was talking about this whole time When they start repeating it back to you yeah. and they think it's their message you know you've hit yeah. success and it makes right? me it makes me feel so sad that what it takes is anaphylactic shock for somebody oh, geez, to change their mind right?
1: mm-hmm. it's the right? true yeah. but i mean yeah. any of us who've got kids that's yeah. that's the learning curve oh, and yeah. or Even if now I'm thinking something else too. Growing up, um, uh, there was a difference between me and my and my best friend. Growing up, I tend to learn by listening to other people's stories. Mm, I'm not a fan of pain. you know any kind of pain and so it's like somebody says I did this and oh this is what it did to me I'm like okay I just won't but my bestie growing up was always she's got to do it herself she needs to experience that herself and so we're kind of talking about how that plays out as well within people because there's going to be people who show up in your shop and you're telling something and it makes sense Mm -hmm. you are telling the stories of the people who've already encountered that toxicity even Mm -hmm. if it's just the environmental consequences rather than personal you know experiencing the toxicity in the body Mm-hmm. And they're willing to take that step.
2: Well, and I encountered it myself. So I've always been into yeah. sustainability and, and being counterculture was where I came from. But um, I, when I first started being a clothing designer when I was 17 out of high school and I had to pay all the rent, I was getting a lot of odd jobs for things that. Would Nobody cared what the fabrics were made of. And I sewed... um, I can't remember now, but there was a bar in Gastown. I was underage, so I never actually got to see the (laughs) curtains go up. But there was something like... (laughs) I think it was something like 30 feet. It might have been longer than that. um, Two separate curtains in velvet. And by the end of it, I had um, rashes all over my body. And then I would start getting the rashes when I go to dress. So when I touch other fabric, they would just reoccur again. Right. And now I know... With the research I've done, that that's an antimony allergy. So that mm. antimony is one of the known carcinogens that they put in um, polyester to make it into spinable fabric, and it leaches out when you sweat. And ideally, if the fabric's been processed pos- uh, properly, there isn't really antimony left in it. But I work with natural fibers as much as I can, and I did a, a heavy metal test with uh, where they pull it out of your fat. You take these pills that make your urine smell awful,
1: mm. oh, but it's pulling it out. Oh, It's right? right.
2: toxins Everything, that are coming it's out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was kind of shocked to see, because it's been so long um, that I've been working with sustainability and I eat organic and I have a very clean lifestyle, um, that my antimony is very high in my... Fat and uh, so is my because fat
0: stores it for a it long stores time. Stores it,
2: and and I've been doing a lot of work to release it. Not knowing this, but now I know it's in me, and it's from my industry. So the doctor was a little bit surprised to see it, and as soon as I told him I was a clothing designer, he went, "Oh, of course, that's where it's from, mm. and that's what's happening." But I've seen it myself, and I had to go through it. So what happened? I was seventeen, and I was I was starting to break out and almost look like measles, and um. And I thought, oh my god, I can't do my job anymore. I'm, I'm allergic to it. And at the same time, uh, sustainable fabrics had just launched in a big way, and there was a new company locally that's now gone out of business. But they were selling bamboo and soy. And I thought, oh my god, I'm going to save my career. I'm just going to work with these. And now I've been seeing other people, and nobody hears them at first because it, it's, it's a, it's a threat to your ego because if you admit that somebody else is having. Uh, These problems, you either have to say there's something wrong with them or there's something wrong with our clothing. And if you Mm -hmm. say there's something wrong with our clothing, then you have to change your own Mm -hmm. habits. And it is an expensive thing to change. Especially especially when you're at
0: the beginning of it, right? When you're the first person. Well, and it's also expensive. It's
2: less expensive yet. It's also expensive just in your own life when you look at your wardrobe, it could whatever it is. It could be your food. It could be your, your health, your your living circumstance, whatever, mm-hmm. but we're talking clothing. Mm-hmm. And you go, I need to replace 50% of my wardrobe. That's a very expensive proposition, yes. and people yeah. don't want to face that. Well,
0: in your kitchen, too, when yeah, you start kitchen, replacing pl- plastic. Replace the Teflon, you can, the You BTA, can't replace it all at once you can't afford because to. you can't afford to. Nope. So you start nibbling away at yep. it. Yeah. yeah,
2: and that's the same way you have to do it with clothing, and that's why you have to you have to do it in advance. And I try to tell people that. Um i am very adamantly against anything that's made with any form of modernized slave labor or classic slave labor but um <laughs> classic or wherever from let's just yeah. i just call it modernized yeah. slave labor is what i call mm-hmm. it um but but at the end of the day um, whether you're wearing synthetics or natural fibers whether you're getting it from china or local know what you want go look for it it means you can go shopping every weekend go out on every saturday and go shopping but don't spend any money Mm. until you figure out what you want see everything first and when you figure out what you want invest if it costs a lot i don't care buy one and make it last and so when you're replacing your wardrobe when you're moving the polyester out if you want to wear polyester yoga pants then don't wear synthetic underwear don't wear synthetic rain gear just pick your poison pick the places you want to keep it and get rid of it where you don't need it, like the polyester and jersey shirts. You pick up a shirt; it looks like cotton, it feels like cotton, and it's polyester.
0: I can't believe that. I read labels. Oh, I read labels about everything. what's in my food, um, what's in my clothing, and and what's in my cleaning supplies. I, yep. I like I read. Labels. It all ends up in your body. And when the the words on the labels are long and I can't pronounce mm-hmm. them, I know that's something I don't want in my well, body.
2: And I will put the argument out there that everything is ultimately chemicals and some things you can't read aren't bad. But the fact is, if you're not informed enough to know what it is and there is another thing you can get instead, then just do that. Like, it doesn't have to be a war on chemicals, but it's important to be informed. Yeah. You,
0: I choose my poison, so to speak.
2: Pit, yeah, you you literally <laughs> pick your poison. Yeah. and I am I'm a health nut, and I am crazy mm-hmm. about um about supplementing and food. And we won't get into it. But if there's somewhere you really got to pick your poison, you know, one it's thing what you put into
0: <laughs> or on your body. Yeah, right? but your
2: your lentils are bad for you here, and they're good for you there. Your your meat's mm-hmm. bad for you there, and it's good for you there. Your yogurt's that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. there. You yeah. just you really have to make some serious decisions, and you mm-hmm. have to do your own research because. Advertisement agencies are not there to inform you. They're there to sell you products. And, um, and Facebook's not really there to inform you as much as you think that's what we're all doing for each other. And a lot of the time it is. But I figure it's just sort of the inspiration that makes you question. You don't need to freak out when people post things. Yeah. Yeah. But if something makes you feel a way, then go research it. And if, if you're if you're questioning your clothing or you're questioning your food, it's time to start doing some research. And the information's out there, but you really have to dig. You can't just trust everything you see.
0: This is so interesting to me because I can I can hear your certainty and questioning and learning all the time, Thank you. and I'm I'm reflecting back to the 17 year old or the 14 year old no that started God. your business, um, and you've been you've been evolving as you as you go along, right? Oh, I'm I mean you you but you have <laughs> you have principles. And you're you're figuring out how to live with those principles.
2: Yeah, and and testing it for myself and then finding out something works or doesn't work Mm -hmm. and then reformulating the process and not being too committed to any one um, perspective either because – you know that bamboo is a great example of of a controversial product. I, I love bamboo because it, it grows furiously. You can't get rid of it. If you've ever lived next door to somebody with bamboo, you could nearly <laughs> oh, it's kill awful. them. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. horrible. You can't get rid of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a great product naturally. There are problems <laughs> like dandelions. with it. Oh, I love it. Do, yes, dandelions are the best. We're working on some dandelion wine at home right now. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, great. I can tell you all the recipes for dandelions, but. Um, but there are problems. They are. It's taking over a lot of farmland in China because they're very much about making money, not really how they make the money. And um, it is a chemical process to remove the cellulose from the plant. But that can be said with any cellulose-based fiber, it's a chemical process. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that those chemicals are recycled and disposed yeah. of properly. And that's exactly a, a, a perfect example of a place where you have to make a decision. Is it better to buy the, the pesticide, um, gmo uh, subsidized cotton that is one of mm. the thirstiest crops in the world, um, but but you know that it's not using the chemicals to, re- or is it better to go bamboo and and hmm. we, you know you can't you don't live entirely in a bubble you affect the world and you have to you have to
0: own this your is, responsibility. Mm. That's and again the picking your
1: poison yeah, and trying to be as, as conscious as you can.
0: It isn't just the bamboo; mm. it's once you've got the fiber, yeah, who's who's making it into fabric how yes. is it being made into fabric and then who's sewing the garment mm-hmm. and how are they being treated absolutely and then how is it getting from where it's being made to where it's being sold absolutely. and how so what's that doing to the environment yeah uh, so we're we're looking at many different stages between that bamboo plant in china mm-hmm. and what i on my body. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's something like Canada. 80% of the CO2 released in your clothing over its lifespan is in the washing process. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we we can walk steps backwards, because not everybody can handle going into depth. And, and that's mm-hmm. where I realized that we were actually stressing people out and shutting them down when we informed them that much. It was mm-hmm. too much information. Mm-hmm. And some people can take it and some people, it gets them excited and they want to solve right. problems. Mm-hmm. But but that's where I'm, I'm going with the identity because if you realize that the fatal flaw in, in your spending habits is that you just don't know who you are, like food, it, you, you have the ideal body image in your head and you don't know how to get there and you're making choices around what food you eat that may be against that ideal, you're probably not entirely in agreement with your identity. You probably are using mm. food for another purpose as well. Maybe you honestly enjoy socializing with it. So you have to look at your identity and maybe you have to change your, maybe your ideal body actually reflects a person who enjoys socializing right. and sharing food. Even going into yes. the,
1: you know, what is yeah. my ideal body? Why is yeah. it that yeah. way? Right? It, does it? that actually mm-hmm. in alignment with my genes yeah with my DNA Mm -hmm. with who I am and how I be in this world
0: absolutely it's energetic yes partly energetic and
2: and that's you know a lot of sensitive people or not sensitive people might want to try to judge a book by its cover and maybe sometimes those things are slightly accurate because we do project and we do become the things that we put in or on our body
1: we've got to jump to a song I know. We've already half an hour. We've burned through half an hour. We're just so hot. This is good. Uh, anybody who's joined us and we forgot to say Stephanie's name for a while, we're talking with Stephanie Osler of Devil May Wear. And one of your songs that you'd requested for today was Duke Ellington's we're Magenta Hayes. Do... Yeah. So would you Speaking like to tell colors us and fabric? before Yeah, before we listen to this or after we listen to it, why you chose this song?
2: Well, I'll be brief about any of the songs, but um, I just I think Duke Ellington might be one of the, the most incredible... Of composers, musicians, uh, ever in hi- in our history, and and I, I love, love what you're doing oh, with your hands. Oh, you're yeah, like, like a little like, kid. <laughs> just it's so juicy, and and I love the sound. I don't know which version of this song you got, but my favorite is when you get one of the old analog recordings. And I got to hear one on an old Victrola once with oh, the, wow. the disposable. Well, you mm-hmm. throw them out each use. Needles, wow. and um and the pops and the cracks and the thickness and the warmness. And I love uh, the use of the orchestra and all the different parts have their place but more than anything to me it was it was good quality they invested money they paid musicians and maybe they didn't pay them well all the time but these people were professionals and they did such a good job and everything Mm. is just timeless it still sounds good Mm. today
1: beautiful all right let's dig in uh we'll rejoin stephanie in the studio in just a few minutes is CGSF 90.1 FM Burnaby. We respectfully acknowledge that we broadcast on unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, Squamish, the Musqueam, and the tsleil Welcome back to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca, with my co-host, Luca, and we have Stephanie Osler in the studio with us. We just listened to Duke Ellington's Magenta Haze and a PSA about rabbits, which I chose because of Stephanie, because she has rabbits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> rabbits plural or one rabbit? I'm down well, to one.
2: You went down to one at the moment. I lost one. She passed away a couple days ago. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's too bad. It's I'm sorry
0: hard. Yeah, we were talking about the animal world and oh. and how um, animals figure largely into your life.
2: I couldn't live without them. Yeah, I, I they I like them more than people. I know so many people say that, but it's so easy. They're so wonderful.
0: What did your friend the rabbit bring into your life?
2: Ah, uh, well, I don't want to go a little bit morbid, but I've had rabbits since I was a little kid, and I, I've spent most of my life being quite depressed, and they saved me from suicide a few times. I don't mean to get a little bit—that's not morbid. Well, that's, that's honest, morbid. right? <laughs> that's
0: life-giving. I mean, this is a rabbit yeah. that that kept yeah. you around, yeah. so we could enjoy you in the studio today.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I would have actively gone there a few times, but I always had rabbits, and and I, and every time I thought about it, it just. It tore me to pieces that there was going to be nobody to take care of them on the other end. There's so many rabbits and, and not many people taking care of them because people are so careless about breeding them. Mm. And they're just such wonderful creatures. They're, they're, if you've never lived with a rabbit, they're they're so social and cuddly. The thing that gets confusing about them is they have mannerisms that are opposite to pra- or, uh, predator animals. So, you know, they like to be chased as opposed to chasing you. They <laughs> they they like to just make eye contact with you and just sort of things that people don't pick up on when they're used to cats and dogs. But they're just so oh, wonderful.
1: interesting. Yeah, the contrast there. Yeah. Right, because cats like to chase.
2: Yeah, and rabbits like to run from you. <laughs> yeah, they they like to play chase. They, they freeze when they're scared or they thump. But if they're running from you they're generally having a pretty good go <laughs> yeah. and they're just so nice to live with and and you learn there it is like living with beavers so they'll chew on anything they're <laughs> grazers so you, you know they'll just if, if you or imagine, goats i guess yeah well goats are worse because they can get into things right but um but rabbits if you look at the way they're built their face is facing the ground if you keep everything a foot <laughs> off the floor They leave it alone, so to all all of my ex. But none of my ex boyfriends did and lost a lot of clothing and and shoes. Yeah, but I'm good with it, and they've really kept me tidy. So everything's just off the floor; (laughs) it's easy. They don't get into anything. I love it. Yeah, and the one we just lost was Angora, and um, we got her from a friend who was becoming a breeder, who got her from a a typical breeder. So uh, she was um, very manhandled in the way she was treated in order to get the most out of her hair mm. uh, and she wouldn't let us touch her at first but she came around and she was obsessed with us but we would we would groom her and spin her hair into yarn oh wow it's, i'm really gonna miss that so yeah. i'm looking to adopt another angora because they're very high maintenance and people buy them because they're cute and they don't uh, want to take care of them but there is a rabbit disease going around right now
1: i heard about that in it's a lot of the really communities yeah
2: lots of rabbits are dying so it's um Like a rabbit flu, hemorrhagic Uh, disorder. I want to say I I might not be pronouncing that right, but I've only read it in my rabbit groups. I haven't talked to many other rabbit people in person. There's rabbit groups. I'm part of lots of rabbit groups, of course. (laughs) (laughs) That's everything. World I didn't
0: know anything about.
2: If you're ever interested in getting into anything, whether it's surfing or rabbits or organics or I don't know, um, (laughs) uh, passenger pigeons, just just find a Facebook group. I. Uh, we've, of course, or on the, Reddit. Fe- the Facebook scandals <laughs> and everything recently have been really difficult. Mm. But but I, I recently found Facebook groups uh, a few, well, maybe a year ago. And I'm part of a, a Facebook group for every interest I have um, business groups, um, everything. Vancouver Sustainable Designers, they're a great group if anybody wants to join them. You don't have to be a designer but the designers as long are always as you're interested in it. As long as you're interested. If you're mm. not, you just it won't come up in your feed anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The <laughs> algorithms are great for that, right. but yeah, yeah. anything you're interested in, I've got friends starting their own businesses and I always tell them just go find the Facebook group for starting your business.
1: It makes sense. Connect in with the with the people who are doing the things that you want to know more about or that you want yeah. to be connected in. Just listen. And there's, there's a
2: place to listen. Somebody somewhere in the world in the same position as you or slightly mm-hmm. ahead of you. Who's already made the mistakes that you don't want yeah, exactly. to and is
0: happy to help you to avoid them.
2: Yeah. Or to right? just share to share yeah. little gripes sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. And We've, and also to share the wins. We were talking about share celebrating the earlier. And yes. and uh, it's a great place to celebrate.
2: Yeah, right? exactly. To just share with people and find like minded people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So
1: in your entrepreneurial spiritness. We were talking uh, before we got on air. You were mentioning about how the love of starting something new, mm-hmm. and how oh, you love, love it. being present for people who are starting something new, because there's an energy around that—that that that creative so energy. So, is there anything that you are going to be stepping into coming up that's going to be bringing that for you, or are you in the middle of something right now? Well,
2: I used to do. Um, I used to do uh, a, a consultation for young designers. Starting their businesses, and I loved it because I love I love the process of, of starting something new. There's just so much energy. It's exciting. It's like being the midwife to somebody else's creation, um, but you get to impart with them all of that wisdom because I learned the hard way, and I and I started so young I didn't have peers who had gone ahead of me and I, I didn't know how to or approach mentors. or mentors and I didn't know how to approach older people and have them become my mentors. I was just too young I didn't know how to do that. So I've had every every issue you could possibly imagine and I am so excited to help people through it. And I've started doing um we stopped in two thousand eight or I stopped in two thousand eight doing the uh, consultation with the businesses because things got really tough and nobody was starting a business for a while. And then it took me a long time to sort of um, be be truthful with myself and know myself that that's something I want to do again so I've been doing some coaching with a couple people and helping them start their businesses and and it's just it's so um energizing and and it's just so exciting and and I think it's so important people spend so much money to go to university to learn how to do things um but when you get into the real world things don't always translate the same way and you don't get the holes filled like have they spoken to you about the updates on PST and how how to file those and when do you need to get a PST number and did you know that you can get a PST certificate instead of a PST number and all those details you don't really think you care about until you really care about them? and it's
0: just great to share and that people, with people like the government doesn't volunteer they up won't. this information to you no. you have to know to go and ask and yep. you often when you're when you're new at something you don't know what you don't know well and
2: i had that problem so one thing i did go is i went to the small business center when i was starting out and i would ask them what do i need to know and they'd say well we can't tell you you have to come with a question <laughs> so i couldn't just say what oh, am i Lord. missing here here's what i've got i've got these numbers what am i missing um and they would tell you you have to come with a question and a lot of the time there's things that they wouldn't be able to tell you anyway like a piece of advice i would give to everybody going into business is never send anything to the government that is not accompanied by a check without sending it registered mail who would know that but at least if they have a check to cash you've got a date saying they've received the mail if they if you don't send if you're sending something without a check send it registered yeah you, you can't you can't ask the business center for that kind of advice mm-hmm. So I'm really excited, and I really enjoy working with my friends. And I haven't put it out there too yet, too much yet. And that's a little bit of my own self worth, um, not telling everybody. But now everybody gets to hear. Well, I yeah.
0: I think so much that we, there's a gestation period mm. for anything that's creative, mm-hmm. and and starting a small business is it's very pragmatic, but it's mm-hmm. also creative. Mm-hmm. So even when the um, business environment is not conducive to new startups. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're not incubating. Absolutely.
2: Right? And um,
1: mm. <laughs> yeah.
2: until you put something in words, um, it, it it doesn't have boundaries. Like it doesn't have uh, an outline. I don't want to say boundaries, but it doesn't have an outline. And, and I found when I was working with people who were coaching me, the most important thing I got out of it, as opposed to having a friendly conversation, was they would constantly call me back to something I had said. So so we'd, we'd talk about a subject and move on from there just in the course of normal conversation. And then they go, well, I want to hear more about that thing you said back there that you didn't finish saying. And that's not how conversations with friend, friends work. And a lot of people think, well, I can just talk to my friends about this. But... but conversations naturally ebb and flow and they're not all about you they just shouldn't be Um, but when you have somebody who's a professional who can call you back to a starting point and say i need you to explain this to me until i get it pretend that i don't know anything about a business and tell me how this works and it's so hard but that's one of the most valuable things i found and i find that with um that That can come from consultants who have no background in fashion, have never run a business of their own other than their freelance consulting they just they 're observant people who can call you back and hold you to it, and everybody needs something different. Some people need accountability they need somebody to check in with and say, "Have you done the thing yet? Have you done it <laughs> and uh, and I kind of just need to be. Softer on myself, and have people tell me it's okay. You've done all the things. There doesn't have to be another thing to do. But um, it's. I think that working with a consultant is extremely valuable. And and I think when when businesses were spending a lot more money, they would bring a consultant in. You'd hire the professionals. You wouldn't call them a consultant. That's why I don't think coach was such a popular word, right? Because you'd hire somebody and you'd call them your accountant, mm. but they were your business consultant, or you'd call mm-hmm. them your bookkeeper and they were in house, but. Yeah. Yeah. Where where and they
1: were coaching? They, they were, were doing. They the coaching. were coaching. They would bring yeah. the
2: expertise. And for a bigger company, you wouldn't just have an accountant and a bookkeeper. You'd also have a business manager or a, a, an executive committee. Or you'd have you would hire the people into your business and you give them titles where they're your employees doing the things that do need to get done. We all need to bookkeep, but you weren't really aware of them sitting you down in the break room saying, "No, no, no. How are we going to? This is our budget. How are we going to make this work? What are we doing here?" And um, with with the, the the modern age of internet, um, I think that a lot of the small businesses have really had to scale back on on their margins, and we're all working with with less resources, and mm-hmm. that can be a huge benefit. But I, that's where buzzwords like like consultant and well, I mean, consultants probably always been a, quite, a, but a coach is if we were talking about being quite a new popular word and people need life coaches but now we're faced with all these problems we were talking about with with toxins and what do i do with my life and who am i and how do i make a decision and i can't afford a mortgage and my student loan debt what do i do and and we you hire these people for a business Mm. you should hire them for your life yeah there's a few business books i've read one that i recommend to everybody uh i read when i was quite new at my business called the e-myth revisited and um, there's three books this this person, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, it's written. But the first one's The E-Myth. You don't want that. It's too simple. The E-Myth Revisited is ideal. And then he wrote The E-Myth Mastery, which is too much. So I like to tell people to get the right one. <laughs> E-Myth Revisited.
1: So this Michael Gerber?
2: Michael Gerber, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Gerber. And Got Junk was modeled on his his ideas. And mm-hmm. he's brilliant. And everybody must read it. But I also give it to my staff. I Every time I find one at a used bookstore, I buy it. And, and I give it out to people. And, and I give it to my staff. So they can read it not so they work for me, but because these are th- theories that you can apply to your life. and And that's how we have to start thinking about it. Business is becoming much more about people and humans and and it, it's it's becoming more boundaryless. And our lives are becoming more like businesses. We need to learn about investments and good good money habits and and we have to be experts of everything. You've got to be an expert of your health. You've got to
0: be an expert of your finances. Or know somebody who can or help hire to them educate to help. you. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Because we don't. We're not realistically. We're not going to be experts. It's too at much information. But we got to figure out who we can trust. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. uh, and I like to think that part of figuring out who we can trust is using our intuition. To to oh now if people could get out, in touch right? with
2: the feelings in their yeah. body oh yeah. such yeah. a challenge because I
0: use that I, I respond to energy yeah. So I'm I will come and visit you in your store but yes. I but there are stores where I walk into them and I get 1 foot inside and I turn right around and walk back out again because yeah. it doesn't fit with my energy. energy. And that, and that doesn't, with doesn't my mean store. it's a bad place it just doesn't fit me. No. But when I find a place that fits <laughs> it's like
2: <laughs> Well we're all like music notes. And some musical notes no. sound great mm. together, and others yeah. sound terrible together. Still, yeah. And or all to, the notes are great, or to the person great.
1: whoever's receiving them, or right, and what's going on in their body, and their mind, their yes. life, et cetera. and their life,
2: etc. And it's the same thing with energy, and it's the same thing with people. You're, mm. you know, it's why um, there are the right people for everybody. There's nobody mm. who's completely alone. And thank God we're all oh, different. Thank God we're all different. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Part. I was talking
0: about collaboration the other day, and about how I am so grateful for the people who who like and are good at the things that I don't like and am not good at like my and staff. don't want to be good at, right? <laughs> they yes. they do those things for me happily because yes. it makes them light up. Yeah,
2: and I, I try, I love, I, I pride myself on being good at picking people and my staff is, is such a good group of diverse skills and I, I think about how, Oh, the, the one who who just looks at the mess I make and and just you know rolls her eyes, and and the one who can shamelessly promote us so much, I have to tell her to pull it back sometimes because I'm getting embarrassed. It's just scary for me, <laughs> or you know, just the the one who who's so social and and just connects with every person regardless, and. Oh, I just, I can't, if, if everyone in my company was exactly like me, we, we would get projects done. I I It's debatable if we'd ever sell things. It but would, you'd have blind spots. It would be chaos. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have way more stuff than we have customers, but that's because we wouldn't stop making things. Yeah. yeah it would yeah. be So we need be a nightmare. the balance that
0: comes mm. with having balanced community. And again. specializing, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: I'm tweeting out a couple of the pictures that you brought, you sent to us to come, um, sort of almost like a show and tell, showing some of your stuff. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, when I look at them, there is, there is, there they are art in itself. So this is the images for your your clo- your underwear, your clothing.
2: Oh, I remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. tell you're me fun. about that aesthetic. What you're creating, even in these images, because there's there's a beautiful diversity in body shape as well. Yeah, what you're using. And yeah.
2: Yeah, and um, we—it's we, interesting. We have a real diversity in bodies, but once you have a woman looking confident, you kind of don't even notice what mm-hmm. size she is anymore. Mm-hmm. So there, we do get—we'll still get the criticism on using pretty models, but it, we're using—we've got bodies from size double zero to size sixteen, and and bigger than size sixteen, and they look phenomenal. I can think of one of our models. Um, who's a size 14 and we were using her as an underwear model for a while she's just great shape and, and we would do close-ups for the etsy site of her bum and people would oh my god that's gorgeous who is that i love that and then i'd say well it's so-and-so and they were always shocked no well but she's a bigger girl <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's a
2: yes. girl look I, I, girls look great. Be beautiful too. well and, and i don't think anybody's um, confused about them looking beautiful <laughs> but i think that there's sort of like um like, she had an athletic fit body. She's just a, a bigger body type. And, and we we have, and it's nobody's fault. We've just been sold this idea that if you're bigger, you're out of shape. And it's not true. It's just not true. But but the most important thing about uh, um, the pictures is that we project just fun and carefree in yeah. color. I noticed yes, that. And it gets to the point of, I will admit, lunacy sometimes where they start <laughs> looking like maybe we're a little crazy. <laughs> But I'm a dolly painting in action. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little much for some people. But I have this kind of attitude where if we go a little too far, then maybe people will feel like, well, I can do a little bit. So we yes. kind of don't, it's playful. We don't want to tone it down. We want to push you.
1: I like that. There's so much out there that I get so bored with. And yeah. so I just walk away because I need, I want something with an edge. I would yes. be so much more attracted to somebody going way above and beyond. Yeah, I could pick one. And those i'll take one of those and then that'll spice me up a little bit
2: yeah that's much
1: more appealing to me A lot
2: of colorful underwear to people who only buy black who go, oh, well, maybe I can wear some red underwear. And it's all hidden underneath.
0: It's like your secret, right? Exactly. That's perfect. It's my secret
1: breakout. Enjoy it. We only have a few more minutes No. I know. It's just Zoom today. I want to make sure if there's anything that you want to tell people about or if there's anybody who's listening that you would love to get in touch with you.
2: Well, I want everybody Now's to your get moment. in touch with me, <laughs> and the best way to do that is to come into my stores mm-hmm. and see how wild we are, and everything in there is is local and handmade, and it's it's more fun and and just touch it and try it on and and play with it, and it's fine if there's nothing in there that's for you. I you, I'm not asking you to come in and buy things. I'm ca- coming. I'm asking you to come in and connect with somebody, mm-hmm. connect with the other people in the store, or connect with my staff, have a conversation. It's just a great place to connect, and I think we forget get That about retail stores. Mm-hmm. So, I've got a store on Granville Island in the net loft. It's called Devil May Wear. They're both called Devil May Wear, and it's right across from Paper Yacht. And everybody knows where Paper Yaw is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just go to Paper Yaw and turn around. <laughs> and uh, then we've got a store on Main Street, and we are back into our original location on Main Street, which is on 21st. It's actually on 21st as opposed to Main, mm-hmm. and it's in that beautiful mural that. That sorry, the um, yellow house. It's an old French house style mural on the wall, and it's got a little parklet out front for socializing. It's great, and because we've got this great store on Granville Island that is constant foot traffic, the Main Street store is a little bit more of an office space. So we've got sewing machines in the back, and if you come in, we'll be sewing lingerie because we want to show you we mean it when we say we make everything. Not everybody mm-hmm. believes me. I love watching how
0: things are being. Constructed. Isn't it
2: great? Did you ever you watched How It's Made when you were a kid? Oh yeah, loved it. Yeah. yeah. I loved the yep. glass-blowing studio on Granville mm, Island. Yes, we went to yes. a... Deliberate yard. transparency, right? It's yeah. an
1: invitation mm. to engage in all parts of the process.
2: Yes, and yeah. it's it's yeah. usually kind of a little bit chaotic, so mm-hmm. I'm, it's a, an honest representation of what a garment factory looks like. Oh, They're a sure. little bit and crazy. And the experimenting
0: that goes on. Yeah, right? so... That, you don't come up with the perfect thing the first time round. Well, I'd like to think... No, I'm kidding. Of
2: course <laughs> we don't. No, nobody <laughs> does, and it's the tweaking that makes it fun. Yes. If it was so easy, you could yes. come up with the perfect thing we'd be bored i wouldn't do it yeah um and then anybody else who's starting a business and wants um some advice um i respond to pretty much everybody and you can get a hold of me although my inbox is getting a little full at devilmaywear at gmail.com so that's easy to remember it's the company at gmail and uh just get in touch and uh or anything else you want to talk about yeah i love chatting with people (laughs)
0: Get, Can we you would tell never know. Did we have a great yeah. car ride here? <laughs> we did. <laughs> We're not done. Oh it's, no. It, it, we begin conversations Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Um and we love when they continue that afterwards. Makes me happy. Um, yeah. So we, we tweet, um, we've been tweeting out all the way through the show. So if anybody would like to follow us and, and get a lot of um, the quotes about um, what we've been talking about and the links to things that we've been referring to, you can find us at Essential Conv, which is spelled essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also we're also on Facebook we have a page on Facebook and we have a website and so you can find us all over the place and and connect because we love to connect.
1: Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank I can't believe how so fast much. that went. I really wanted to get to your other songs because I wanted to listen to them. So I'm gonna have to take them home with me <laughs> and listen to them there because they looked pretty interesting to me. But um, it's been delightful to have you
2: as a guest. Oh, and I appreciate everybody pleasure. listening because that may have been fast for us, but I'm sure that <laughs> felt like an hour <laughs> on
0: everybody else. Don't know about that. I don't know. So I think I'm it gets so timeless when you're interested and interesting yes. and it means connected and so and
2: much to me. I'm obsessed. Obsessed with this stuff, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I'm obsessed with it so that other people don't have
0: to be obsessed with <laughs> and it. And you're passionate. Yeah,
1: well, that was delightful. And until next week, I wonder... What's around the corner? Essential Conversations is
0: brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com Highlight the fires
1: that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at CatchingFire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. ah, 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 happy,
0: happy, happy,
2: happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing. boing, boing. Eep, eh.